0: Welcome to the Ecom Wiz podcast. A podcast that helps Amazon sellers to dominate the marketplace. And I do mean dominate. dominate. Each week we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon influencers in the industry. This is the Ecom Wiz podcast. Hey everyone,
1: it's Rob Stanley with the Ecom Wiz podcast and today I've got Ryan Rigney. Now Ryan's done multiple things. Ryan's been a seller, and he also now helps sellers with Brand Boost Blueprint. And of course, he also does helps everybody with product launches with Boost Rooster. So Ryan, thanks for being Rob. on the show.
2: Hey, Rob. Nice to be yeah, back. Good.
1: Yeah, nice to have you back on. So I've had Ryan on back in February and we were talking a lot about a lot of the changes that happened back then with Facebook advertising. And yep. of course, those changes are already in effect for quite a while. But man, a lot has yep. changed with this COVID and things oh, have yeah. just gone crazy. So I wanted to get Ryan back on, and we specifically, there's a couple topics we're gonna to talk about. One of them being uh, the importance of at new advertising placement, like different channels basically of doing advertising. And then of course, using some of those channels to drive some sales back into Amazon. So we're gonna definitely go over both of those, mm-hmm. but uh, Ryan, why don't you just kick this off? And, and what, for starts, what is like the number one place if you're gonna advertise outside Amazon, What is kind of like the first go-to that you usually recommend?
2: Yeah. So in most cases, it's going to be Facebook. I mean, it's kind of like the necessary evil for most e-commerce brands. Um, That's where you would probably want to first look. Um, I do see a lot of e-commerce brands doing well on like Google Shopping, um, YouTube, uh, TrueView video ads, like pre-roll ads that go before videos. Those also do well, a little bit harder to get good at those. Um, but you know, face, you know, Facebook, I see a a lot of scale still people doing very well with that because you can go on Instagram as well as Facebook. I mean, the type of products you're selling, it's going to kind of control like where you're going to look first. I mean, where is the audience that you're trying to target? But in most cases it's, it's still Facebook even, even today.
1: Okay. So yeah, Facebook seems to be like the important place where a lot of people go and start driving traffic to Amazon initially. Uh, What about things like, you know, uh, Google ads, or, uh, heck, I don't know if you can do anything with LinkedIn, but LinkedIn's got ads you can run. So what else besides Facebook, Ryan, do you usually uh, is kind of like the second go to?
2: Yeah. So I mean, obviously, before I recommend people even look into that direction, like if they're selling on Amazon, they need to exhaust all the Amazon placements first. Mm -hmm. And then most people aren't even doing that. So having brand registry doing video ads, like that should be a Really strong, like experimentation and focus for, for your brand. If you're not running video ads, um, as well as the sponsored headline, the sponsored brand ads that you can kind of control what the message is on the top of the the search when somebody's searching. These are things that people aren't spending any time or even some time experimenting with. So that's before you even like look into like, how can I scale my brand um, on Facebook, on YouTube, on on Google. Like try try exhausting that first. Um, so for for me personally, I spend really most of my time just on uh, Facebook ads and really just creating a, a systematic process to test new creative. Um, so really like if, if you're going to do Facebook ads successfully over the long term, you need a, a lot of creative coming in. You can't just have a couple images and then think that's going to last um, for years. Usually it doesn't. So to make Facebook ads work for me, like I, I will go out and I'll find uh, media production companies that you can get consistent content from. And I, then I have an ad buyer and I have the, the media buy, production company sending new creative to the Facebook ad buyer and testing new things consistently. Um, so if, if you're running Facebook ads and you're, you notice like it works for a while and it doesn't work after a while, like you need a consistent process to get new creative in. Yeah. The other uh, placements that I personally use, like YouTube ads, I've used a little bit, uh, Google search ads, Google shopping. I don't use those as much as Facebook really, just because like I'm kind of focusing on where most of the success has been for me.
1: Yeah. So I am sure some people are going to think this and I was thinking it like, so going out and finding somebody who can get you the correct creatives to use on Facebook. What was that process of finding somebody? Cause I mean, you've got to have somebody who understands Facebook understands that only a certain percentage of it can be text. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you have to have the cro- proper images of like, are you supplying the images? Give us a little more on that because I personally probably would ask that question to you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Facebook has a bunch of different placements available that require different formats and sizes. So you can do videos pretty much everywhere, but the different lengths of videos aren't available for all the different placements. So you need a pretty big variety of uh, content lengths and types. But I mean, for images, you don't want too much text. Kind of like you said, if there's a whole bunch of text on the image that, Facebook's just going to hide it and it's going to get a really low performance and it's not going to get views, um, for videos. You know, you need, you need a lot of different types of videos. You need like uh, product demo videos. You need people talking to camera, like selfie style. You need, you know, fancier eye catching things where they're like moving the product around and using it. And it has all the benefits and features. And it's kind of like more traditional ads. You want to test like a, a bunch of different formats and, uh, finding somebody who can do that, uh, what, what I do is I, I when I see ads that I see that are working well, I'll save them and I just create like a a database mm. of like all these successful ads. And then when I went and found somebody, I was like, here's like examples of ads that I see working, I think would probably work for my brand as well. If you could just kind of take my products and try to make a similar format. Mm. And like people that make these these ads for a living, they should have some experience like doing this already. Um, as As for cost, like it's not just going to be like, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. If you want somebody to like consistently create these, these things, it's going to be several thousand dollars per month, just for so people are aware. Um, if you're on a budget and you don't have the, the money to do that, like I didn't have to start with that sort of system in place. Like what I would do and recommend like people do first and foremost is find some c- content creator on YouTube. who's already making high quality content that maybe doesn't have a bunch of subscribers, get them, get the product in their hands and try to get them to just kind of talk about it organically and, uh, that I had a video like that that got you know, a couple hundred thousand views on a Facebook ad pretty profitably as well, just by getting it in the hands of a YouTuber and then getting the rights to use that video as an ad. So that's that's not to mention like the YouTube exposure as well when they posted the video on YouTube. So like multi-purposing that as an asset that's like more affordable is really valuable too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that That's good information. I didn't even think about that. Finding ones that you know, you, you see different ads on Facebook, why not just grab them and have somebody make something similar to it to at least get started? Right. You know, that that's a great tip right there. Now, being that you've done a lot of ads on Facebook, um, what have you seen in those ads? Let's give everybody a little more detail here and some tips on, like if depending on it, I'm sure it's going to depend on the product, but mm-hmm. if somebody's using the product, does that do well? It, it, does it need to have motion? Should it not mm-hmm. have motion? The videos, like let's, let's go a little deeper into that mm-hmm. uh based on the experience you've had.
2: Yeah. So for me personally, the best performing creative I had to date was just somebody on YouTube who was holding the product and talking about what the product did for them and how they used it. It wasn't even anything super fancy. It didn't seem like it was professionally created or anything like that. Um, you don't really need a professionally created and like super aesthetically pleasing like video to to do well. It just has to have good audio and like they need to be able to understand what the person's saying and it needs to seem like they're being genuine when they're saying it. Um, I think like videos on Facebook, if it seems like it's just somebody like talking to a camera and they're just sharing their experience, like that seems to do very well, at least mm. in recent years. But you obviously want to test different different um creative types as well. So like if you had if you had that as like a top of funnel, like the first thing that somebody sees about your product, and then you can retarget people who watch that with a more professional, like, here's the reviews we have, here's the product being used, like with a professional studio, like so they can see like there's brand legitimacy as well behind it. That that's a good way to kind of like get people to come back and like be like, oh, maybe this is a real legit brand. Like I, I heard somebody talk about this. And now I see a video that's professionally done with all these reviews. Maybe I'll give it a shot. So just having hitting them with like different angles. It's not just like, here's one video and you're done. You, you want to have them hit, hit with like images, videos, uh, reviews, uh, when they're scrolling things that catch their eye and like catch them off guard, like mm-hmm. bright colors, things moving quickly. Um, just, you know, normal, like advertising stuff that you guys probably see all the time, but it just throwing a lot of darts at the board and hitting them with a lot mm-hmm. of angles so
1: yeah it's kind of i mean it's hit and miss right like you're, yeah. you're basically always experimenting uh, with different ways to do it right and uh yeah that's that's great information And in it so people who uh you know just getting started on this we were talking about like the budget you know they they may not have a lot of budget um i mean what about i mean they're, I, I know it's going to come up they're going to be like oh, i'll just go to fiverr or i'll go to one of these sites and just have something created i mean that, that should be okay as long as I give something that's an example that looks good and probably has performed mm-hmm. well.
2: Yeah. I mean, as far as like an image goes, just showing the product, like with, I don't really know what somebody on fiber could do that would look sufficiently <laughs> good to to run as an ad. Um, I mean, I, I have some ads like that are just my, my product, like with some minimal text on the background to kind of say what it is. Like those, those are okay, but nothing like phenomenal. So I think your best bet really is just to get some YouTuber to use your product that has like a good camera and talk about it and then have some call to action towards the end of the video that says, you know, here, learn more about the product. And then you can have like a actual sales page that goes into more detail. That's going to be your best, your best bet. I don't see anybody like having major success with ads and fiber, that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll probably, uh, I mean, Ryan and I, we've talked a lot about YouTube. Uh, Him and I have done a bunch of, a couple of podcasts together. I think I was on your podcast or your video talking about different ways and how you should go to these different influencers and talk to them. and how. Because what's going to happen is a lot of the influencers that are out there, they're going to want you to already come in with the title, the description, uh, kind of a layout of how you want them to do it and then they just shoot it for you. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: uh, you know, obviously you got to get them the product, but they're going to want like highlights of, you know, what makes this different? You know, what things should I point out on it? Uh, How Mm -hmm. maybe they don't even know how it works uh, 100% Mm -hmm. depending on the item. But uh, let's go in a little more. So like when you're running the ads, um, are you just having people click directly through the ad, go directly to Amazon to purchase it? Or are you creating some sort of like a funnel or a chat bot type thing before you send them off to Amazon?
2: Right. That's a really good question. So I have basically two different types of campaigns that I run as an Amazon seller who also sells on my website. So the primary purpose of running traffic to Amazon is to get organic rankings, really. Like you shouldn't be trying to drive ads really just to get um, sales profitably on Amazon because there's more profitable ways to do that on your website on your website you have more control over the customer relationship retargeting um you can do more upsells cross-sells you can email market to them uh, forever so it doesn't really make sense to like run ads just to be profitable on amazon when you could just put up a sales page and be more profitable like um but so on the other hand like obviously i have like boost rooster we run facebook campaigns to amazon uh, to for the purpose of getting ranks and reviews as well as like building an audience that we can do this again and again too. So for when we launch new products, we have a built-in audience to get awareness to. Uh, so that's like one type of campaign. But for campaigns where you're trying to like get your brand to scale more quickly, get more awareness, finding people that maybe aren't searching for your product right now, but you want them to become aware and maybe they're thinking about buying it and they just haven't been actively searching on Amazon, you want to get more people Cause like there's so many people out there that aren't on Amazon actively searching for a product that would buy it. If you, if you put it in front of them um, at the right time with the right message.
1: Mm.
2: So for, for like scaling quickly, if you have a mass market product or something that there's a lot of interest for outside, Facebook's great to um, drive to like a sales funnel. It's really just like a simple sales funnel that is um, you try to try to keep it as streamlined as possible. It doesn't need to be like multi-step or super complicated. It's just, for me personally, like I just model what's already working and then I um, I have like a, a landing page builder guy that builds it in Shopify and he just structures it with like my product images and the copy and all that. And we send the ad to the landing page and then the checkout's through Shopify. And there's a whole bunch of other things going on in the background from there. But you have more control when it's on your own like e-commerce platform rather than Amazon where you can't contact your customers, et cetera. So.
1: That's good information. Yeah. So let's, uh, I'm going to ask uh, actually a two parter. Yeah. Uh, have, what point have you found, like, uh, how many layers of sort of that uh, chat bot before you really lose people, like, uh, question wise, right? Like, you start asking them a question, you're sort of funneling them through the you know, sequence. Uh, Have you noticed that let's say, Hey, after three, there's a big drop off of people or after five sort of questions or getting information, there's a bigger drop off. And then the second question is let's talk more after that about Shopify and how you are using that?
2: Yeah. So for Amazon product launches, I I use a chat bot. I don't really do like a chat bot as a pillar of like my website um, funnel. The chat bot doesn't really play like an integral part in that, but, when i'm sending traffic to amazon yeah there's a chat button like regarding how many questions our boost rooster template i don't know if you've um, seen it but it's it has a lot of steps like there's there's something like 12 different flows in there and there's a whole bunch of questions Uh, people do not drop off if it's a if it's a good enough deal that it's worth their time Mm. and you you want to kind of filter out some of the like tire kickers anyway as far as like (laughs) like On like on Amazon, we want higher quality buyers. We want people that are willing to follow instructions to some degree. And so, like if you're advertising, like here's a 75% um, off rebate, um, you want them to go to Amazon and search through a keyword. Like you don't want them to just go straight to Amazon and buy and not understand what the deal is, because then they're going to complain. So mm-hmm. there's kind of like a balancing act there. Um, but you, so like how many questions you ask them? It's not really that many questions. It's just here's the deal. Are you interested? they say yes. And like, here's how to get the deal. Um, do you understand the terms? They say, yes. Then you tell them, you know, go to Amazon through this keyword. Let us know when you're done. Um, here's how the deal works. So type, type your order ID. Um, when you type your order ID, then we'll um, get kick off the process to send the rebate to you. And it's like four or five steps, something like that basically. But it's a lot of like, did you do this? Let us know when you're done. So like mm-hmm. th- that's, that's the real benefit of a chat box for like a launch is you can walk them through the process step-by-step step, and they don't get to, continue unless they're actually doing the steps if it were like an email they and you try to get them to follow all these instructions like good luck people can barely like read one instruction for the most part so
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that makes sense and and i think and and you there's something you said there that's 100 truth to it the people that follow it all the way through they're probably the ones that are most likely to get it right possibly leave you a review leave you a nice Mm -hmm. review Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, they're the ones you want to target anyways. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the ones that you want They got, like you said, the tire kickers, they only get a few ways in thinking they do a couple of clicks and they get this free item or mm-hmm. super discounted item. That's not really the ones that are going to like put the effort in to go leave you a product review anyways. Right. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Now, now tell us more about the Shopify. You, so do you, everybody who comes to talk to you about, you know, advice for Amazon selling on Amazon stuff, do you, like always recommend them to go get a Shopify store and use that maybe as a test bed for products or test bed for the funnels yeah. that you set up. Give, give us more right. info on that.
2: Right. So for, for an e-commerce store outside of Amazon to even work for a person, I think they need to take a brand-centered approach to begin with. Um, sometimes people will approach me and you know they're selling like cell phone cases and they don't have any branding. It's just like something really like they barely even give it any thought at all. And how are you gonna build a brand behind that if there's no thought given to like what kind of products you're, you're selling? Like what customer are you serving? What is gonna unite all these products in under like a brand umbrella? Um, so first you have to make sure like your product strategy and like your brand name and you're, you're kind of approaching it from a brand centered approach f- first and foremost. Um, when do you make a Shopify store? Like I don't think you should make it like right away I, I tell people have at least a hundred dollars a day in profit before they even really like think about making it. Yeah. And before they think about scaling it, they should have like $50,000 a month in revenue because there's a lot of different ways they can grow their brand portfolio and like their ad second, third product to get to 50 K on Amazon. And I think that's an easier process for people to do than, uh, make it successful on Shopify because that could take you several months and it could be discouraging. You want to have something running in the background and you want to have a couple products because scaling traffic and getting people to go uh, and buy on your website profitably is a lot easier when you have more products to sell
1: Mm.
2: on your website, unless you're selling like high ticket products, like mattresses, or you're like, you know, um, you're like a mattress where you could sell it for $2,000 and like, you're going to make hundreds of dollars of profit per sale. Yeah. For most people, they're selling things that are like $20 to $50 and they need a couple different things. They need to either have the person buy several at a time or several different items to make that traffic to their website even profitable in the first place. So getting your brand to that point, it like what I personally did was I just launched a couple on on Amazon first. So when I had like three to four products, then I could start to drive traffic to my website profitably.
1: Now, the items that that, you're, uh, you know, that people are selling on Amazon that you deal with. Are they, when somebody comes into their uh, Shopify store, are they just having it shipped from Amazon? Uh, because otherwise, you'd probably have to have a separate warehouse for that.
2: Yeah. So you can start like that. That's how I started. It's logistically way easier. You don't have to ship your inventory to two places. Like nobody really wants to do that. Yeah. Um, I use Deliver. It's Deliver with two R's to do the fulfillment. And I I wanted to you know increase the complexity of my business because it does add a uh, benefit to um to the customer experience too because i found that amazon fulfillment from my website is very slow they don't prioritize it as much i mean they could always do like the expedited or priority shipping and it could go faster but you are gonna have to pay a lot for it um on deliver you can get um, next day shipping available for pretty affordable price and get two-day shipping for a really great price and they also have like three-day and very quick options so um getting the product to the customer like as quickly as they would expect to get it from amazon that's uh something that i wanted to tackle and i think deliver does that probably better than any any fulfillment i've seen
1: wow uh, tell us a little more about deliver because uh i i personally haven't heard of it and i've gosh i've been in the shipping world for a long time but so is that something that they like amazon hands it to them and then they take care of it like from the fulfillment center or yes explain Uh, a little more
2: it's, it's just basically another a warehouse that can ship items for you. It doesn't relate to Amazon in any way. They could okay. ship. They could ship items to your Amazon customers if you did like seller fulfilled as well. Okay. But um, what I do is like when I get my products manufactured, I send a portion to Amazon FBA oh. and I send a portion to um, deliver. Okay, I mean, so it's a
1: fulfillment center.
2: It's a fulfillment center, right? Okay. Okay. Um, so gotcha. their like their history is they uh, they got more popular because they had a substantial investment from Walmart. I think it was like. Mm-hmm tens of millions of dollars from Walmart. They won some competition to get the Walmart two-day shipping badge Mm. um, a couple months back. So if you fulfill through Deliver and it's connected to Walmart, you can actually have a similar to like an Amazon uh, two-day shipping badge on Walmart. Um, So that's why I picked them initially. And then like they also have really great um, prices and fulfillment times on your website too. So the added benefit of getting to go on Walmart and as well as getting a really great customer experience on your website.
1: And how are they, uh, not that we're here to plug them, but because I, I, th- I think it's good information to know because I, I always see people posting all the time about looking for a fulfillment center. Uh, so, t- I mean, if you happen to know, Ryan, I mean, obviously Ryan's not associated with them, neither no. am I, but- uh, I'm an know, affiliate, and-
2: but I'm not giving you an affiliate link right now.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't use no, it. I mean, uh, do, I mean it, just from the background that you know, do you know they, how many, like, do they have a bunch of uh, centers uh, all around the U.S.? Uh, and then, what about like storage fees uh, with them? Also, like monthly storage fees or things like that. Do you know any more info on that? Uh,
2: the fees are pretty comparable to Amazon. Okay. Um, but as far as like, yeah, where are the fulfillment centers? It they operate very similarly to Amazon FBA. They have to have fulfillment centers all over the U.S. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to offer next day, two day shipping. It just wouldn't be possible logistically. So,
1: especially without a crazy price.
2: Right. So they do have. Uh, they do have an option to uh, send all your inventory to one warehouse and then they distribute it kind of like um, FBA does as well for a fee, um, which, which I take advantage of just because it makes things a lot easier. Um, Fees have been good. Pricing is very similar to FBA, but the advantages like you get that um, two day shipping badge on Walmart and you also get very quick shipping to customers on your website. And that's, that's how you get people to keep buying on your website. If the fulfillment and whole experience on your website is, like really good at as good as Amazon. Otherwise they're going to buy from your website and say like, Oh, it took me eight days to get the product next time. I'm just going to buy it on Amazon.
1: Screw this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Not to keep going on that. So let's yeah. uh, talk a little bit more about uh, here's a scenario. I, I was uh, told one time by uh, a really good seller on Amazon and this was pretty interesting. So they'll take their Shopify store. They'll turn around and say, you know, you're say you, you found a new product. You're still kind of checking it out they'll go ahead and get say like 10 samples sent to them. They'll pay for it, have it brought over, even though you know, you usually pay a little more for those samples. But what they're doing is they're taking those 10 samples, they're putting them on the Shopify store and they're kind of testing like images with it, they're testing pricing with it, uh, they're running some Facebook ads to see if they sell and they're using that kind of as a tester to find out is this product good before they go putting it on Amazon, what do you think of like a method like that? Yeah,
2: I mean, it makes sense to kind of uh, get some data back before you make it a substantial investment. Um, I've heard some people doing that sort of thing on um, on their sites. Like that's like a common like dropshipper strategy too. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll just go on Alibaba or whatever and find like a bunch of different products, run ads, and then whatever one works, they'll just ditch all the other ones. So, uh, for me, I can't really do that personally because like, if I announce a product on my website, it takes me eight to 12 weeks to manufacture it. And then like the shipping as well. So like, I would just get a lot of pissed off people if I did that. Um, so if you already have built-in customers and then they're expecting to get that item, you might have some problems.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I think that person would uh, do something like they would uh, just give you a scenario. Like, they'd have the samples made, bring them over maybe to deliver, uh, have images created. So they'd already physically be in stock before they put it up on the site or make the announcement. Right. But it could be just a limit of like 10 of them. So maybe they're just sending it to a small group right. of people or if they don't have a built-in audience, if it's a new product or category, uh, they might create some Facebook ads and as soon as it runs out, stop those mm-hmm. Facebook ads. Uh, just to kind of, you know, yeah. it's kind of an interesting way to experiment without like a big investment. Like yeah. is this gonna be profitable Will this sell well? And then what they'll do is go to those 10 people and maybe follow up with them. Like, Hey, did you have any, any issues? You know, mm-hmm. then you could kind of, it's a way to kind of also get a little bit of testing <laughs> instead of you having to do the testing personally on some of the samples. Yeah. So that yeah. was kind of interesting approach.
2: Yeah. Sounds like it could work. I've never personally done it, but, um, yeah, it sounds interesting. I mean, you could also just survey your customers too mm-hmm. and say like, which, which product are you most interested in? And that'd be another way to do it. Um, I don't think so, you could really test like the effectiveness of like a paid ad with uh, 10 units. Yeah. So, um, but you could see like what do people want by surveying your customers too probably would be almost equally effective.
1: Yeah. So another method and, and tell me if you use this and how you use it. Uh, when, when people come to your Shopify store, you're, you're collecting a database of names and emails. So how are you using, let's just call it like an email list. Uh, to either help with product launch or what your next product will be or be able to market to them. I I assume you're doing that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I honestly, I get most of my Intel from my Facebook groups that have uh, like communities of customers in them. So I, I make Facebook groups based on different topics, different types of products that I sell. And I, I'll actually see them in there posting like, does anyone know where I could buy this? And it'll Mm -hmm. sometimes be like a new product that I've never really considered selling. Uh, the product that I launched three to four months ago actually was based on a a Facebook group, a post from one of my customers was like, where are you guys buying this? And I'd never heard of the product before. And it turns out it was like trending very, uh, very heavily, like over the last 12 months. And like, so I just released that and that one's already doing well. And it was completely just based on customer referral. So, um, having like a place where customers can get together and talk, that's, um, really valuable intel if you're not like your your target customer yourself or you don't have somebody working for you that is like just having access to them where you can hear them talking
1: mm, yeah. that's
2: where i get that's where i get the intel from
1: no that's a that's a great one definitely uh, create a create a facebook group that's on a topic that you're going to maybe sell on and mm-hmm. see what discussions or join one and see what's happening in there yeah that's another yeah. way to do it
2: yeah if you sold like fitness equipment some kind of workout group and you could hear people talking about different types of equipment and workouts and recommendations. And that'll, that'll get you kind of um, looking in, in deeper, like what's, what's trending. And you could be one of the first people to kind of jump on a product if you have that Intel.
1: Yeah. And then you could also, I mean, if you're the owner of the group, the Facebook group, when you actually get that product in stock, you can obviously make an announcement that you have it up there and maybe you give a discount for people. Exactly. You know, these are, so everything Ryan and I are talking about, like we've said at the beginning of the podcast here, it's, it's to drive sales to your Amazon page. I mean, you're, you're using these groups you have, these email lists, these Shopify stores, I mean, uh, Facebook ads, uh, YouTube uh, promotions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these are all different ways that you need to be looking at to be able to kind of drive those sales to your channel and also when it comes to launching right? Yeah. so did yeah. I, did, I have I missed any Ryan what other methods uh, do you got, do you use to drive sales yeah. to Amazon
2: yes I just want to yeah, talk briefly on that like sure I think the strategy that you take just depends on what what your goals are like you can sell entirely on Amazon and just go for keyword rankings and people have made a lot of money doing that um, mm-hmm. if you want to do something for you know three to five years and grow it to you know a really substantial number I think if you, taking a brand approach and having access to the audience and being able to actually contact them is uh, pretty important. I mean, you can succeed just with a great product that kind of gets word of mouth growth and people become aware of that. But I think like, so the way that I break it out in my, my program is I have basically three pillars to building a successful brand. So there's the product, obviously you need a great product, otherwise nothing works. That's like the most important um, pillar of it. And there's like, there's brands that really do no marketing at all just grow because they have a great product. It's hard to, to do that. You got have an example like the uh, sriracha with the rooster on the bottle. Like what what kind of marketing do they ever do? It's really just word of mouth. Everybody sees it, they know it. Like that's like the main one. Um, you don't see Facebook ads for sriracha, but still, like everybody knows, like that's the that's the one to buy.
1: Yeah, um, that's but, crazy, right?
2: Right. Um, they actually have some pretty interesting, like documentaries on that guy on, on YouTube, if you guys ever are interested in watching that. Um, also Tabasco is very interesting story as well. Like how, how these companies like with just a product, they grow and they stay relevant for like, you know, tens, hundreds of years. Um, yeah. like, so the product's important, obviously. Um, the second pillar is traffic. Like how do you, how do you drive awareness and launch the product? So, um, Amazon is a way to do that. Um, I think you you can you can build a substantial brand just with Amazon as a launching platform, but if you wanna move things quicker and you want some diversification of your income, I think um, looking at other ways to drive awareness like Facebook, uh, YouTube, even like organic YouTube influencers, like those are the easiest and quickest ways to do it online at least. Um, and then like the third thing that you need is um, access to the audience, the ability to communicate with them in some, some way. So like the ways I communicate with them is like through email, Facebook groups, you can retarget them if they've been pixeled um, You can have their addresses and send them physical mail if you have that on your website too. I haven't really done that, but like that's just like a backup plan if all the other things kind of aren't working for whatever reason. So just having like different ways to contact them because if you're just selling on Amazon and your goal is just to build an Amazon uh, business, like Amazon could just uh, decide they don't want to rank your product. They could arbitrarily restrict your product and like if nobody knows what your brand is like your business is dead at that point so i yeah. i think if you're planning like three to five years out don't make it so everything depends on the discretion of one other party for your your, your livelihood right so the brand the brand is the then the product are most important but having other ways to drive awareness and talk to your audience those are those are key if you want to succeed for like three to five years build something big um did I answer your question or was there something? Oh,
1: yeah, no, you did. And plus you're just giving out good <laughs> info in general. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you brought up a good point there though. I, there's so many times I'm on the Facebook groups and I hear somebody say, hey, I just got suspended. It wasn't even a legit reason.
2: Yeah.
1: And look, now I, I'm, I'm losing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, had to let people go mm-hmm. because of this. And, and we all know once that happens, it, very rarely do you ever hear a story that, oh, two days later they, you know, turned it back on. It's usually... Uh, two weeks or a couple months later, even yeah. before you hear them like getting back on. And by that time they've lost all their sales rank or they, you know, they just lost it. Like it's just not there,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and they end up going out of business. So I, I, I've always been a big believer ever since I, when I had my companies, I always sold on my website. I sold on Amazon, sold on eBay, sold through Walmart, Sears back in the day. <laughs> I mean, anywhere we could that it was legitimate to sell and it made sense. Yeah. Always had it, uh, sales going on those channels, just multiple channel.
2: Yeah. Like my personal opinion, that's probably not something a lot of people would agree with, but like, if you're planning to just sell on Amazon, you better like have an exit strategy in mind. Like you want to get rid of, you want to get rid of that thing because it's kind of like a liability. You don't know if something's going to happen to it at at any point, somebody could enter the market and undercut you, or somebody could have black hat tactics to take you down. Um, I would say like have a plan to sell it and take that money and do something more long-term or just, you know, take a break. But if your plan is like, I'm going to be an Amazon seller, like you better have a lot of accounts or um, a lot of risk tolerance. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or something very unique. Right. I mean, part of the reason I lasted so long with my iPhone business is because I mean, we dominated the YouTube uh, with our, our have two videos and that yeah. drove tons of traffic and tons of sales. Right. Right.
2: So, so you, you know, you had, you had like the built-in traffic source and the, the audience outside. Yep. So even if eBay took you down, like you still have, you could send that somewhere else and you're fine.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, actually I'll, I'll be honest. Most of our sales did not come from Amazon. They actually came from website and eBay right. and uh, it just, I, I don't know if it was just because we had, we got on the platform late uh, to I think it was 2013, which to be honest for everybody's going to go, well, that's not very late. Well, yeah, it was for when it comes to the iPhone business, it was definitely late. Yeah. So, I mean, you are talking yeah. 2007 is when the iPhone came out, but on YouTube, we were the first, you know, and right. that that helped uh, a lot. So it's just different ways. You just got to think, I think it's just kind of like thinking outside the box. You got to think outside of the box on what's different ways. I mean, uh, other people have brought up the fact of just doing like mailers to people like to launch a product, mail out a little postcard to them with a discount code or some instructions on how to do it. But of course you have to have that database of people to mm-hmm. mail out to, and you want to yep. make sure that it's a category or a product that they're interested in. You right. know, somebody who's uh, not interested in golf, if I mail them out something about golf, they're just going to throw it away. So right. you, you definitely have to, you know, get that segment yep. down and uh, be able to do it. Yeah.
2: And uh, also that's, that's, you can't, yeah. you And you can't like harvest the addresses from your Amazon customers and send them a mass mail. Like you'll get suspended very quickly. Absolutely. So, um, i yeah. I know there's, there is some confusion about that because some services do offer like the ability to send postcards to your Amazon customers, but don't do that.
1: I get them. I buy on Amazon all the time <laughs> and I get these things that show up in the mail. In fact, it even gives you the fine print at the bottom of who, you know, the company they used. And I, and most of the time, it's actually like to go leave me a review, right? It's mm-hmm. not even like, uh, "Hey, we're launching a new product." I'd probably actually give them two seconds if I uh, if it was something about a new product and it was similar to something I bought. But uh, yeah, you got to you got to really avoid those tactics. Like like Ryan said, you're trying to build a business. You're trying to build a long term business, at least long term enough to maybe either sell it or get out of it, uh, or at least become successful enough that maybe uh, you can start another one or something. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so. Why don't you tell us more about you have? So you have two sort of businesses, right? You have Boost Rooster, and we've been talking a little bit about yep. that. And then what was the other one? Yep. Brand yeah, helping so, brands, right?
2: Yeah. So Boost Rooster is my software that helps people launch products with uh, chatbots, Facebook ads, it's specifically for launching on Amazon right now. Um, so that's software. I'm more in the hat. I have to call all this stuff. Um, Brand Boost Blueprint. That's where I, you know, help people learn how to build brands that sell on Amazon, as well as their own website. So I go over all the different uh, methods that I personally am using to amplify my brand, build the brand, you know, structure the products, research the products, everything. So that's Brand Boost Blueprint. So those are the two things um, that I'm doing.
1: Awesome. And give everybody kind of a background. Let's go back a little bit on how did you kind of get started in this Amazon world? When was it? And what kind of brought you to, hey, I'm going to, sell on Amazon. I'm going to start a company <laughs> and yeah. do this software and this branding and all that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started experimenting like 2014, 2015. I was currently like, I think I was in law school at the time when I really started. And you can actually see I have my law degree behind me. I'm actually a yeah. lawyer still. I'm still active, but I don't do it anymore. Um, I realized pretty quickly when I was doing that, like I had a lot of debt, job market looked terrible. Also the work of doing that was not fun. So I needed a a backup plan. So I spent a couple of years, like, you know, investing my time and and money into building something that I could hopefully like do instead of that. And, you know, it wasn't always successful. Like I did have like failures too. Like everybody does. I had like a product that completely failed and I tried to study what was working, what wasn't. And then I created another brand like around 2015. And I'm still, still running that um, today. Um, So It's been, um, it's been like my, my only focus really. Like I don't, I don't really see the need to create like a bunch of brands when I could just launch more products and keep amplifying the one that I've spent so much time building. I think it's easier to like roll one up than to roll three or five up at the same time, unless you're planning to stay within,
1: do do you stay within a certain category within that product line?
2: Yeah, more or less. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of changing over the years and I've gotten you know, like I, I first started out, like my brand name, like has two words and I trademarked the two words and I've shortened it to one so I can kind of branch out into more broad categories too now, uh. which um, you have to kind of start like with a very like narrow, like type of product and target customer. I think if you want to really get the audience excited about what you're doing and then when you get them, you can kind of start to gradually expand out to more competitive categories where it takes a lot more investment to get into as well. Yeah. So um, it's if you're bootstrapping, I mean, if you have a bunch of money, then, you know, go, go for it, right? But I <laughs> if mean, you I got was, a bu-
1: bunch of money, contact me and Ryan and we'll help you out. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I, I was funding it with student loans, basically. Yeah. So I was like, I got to make this work. So I got to start narrow, do it well, and then branch out from there. So
1: how, how funny yeah. is that, that like a lot of people when they start, and I did the same thing, you come up with a name just to get going, right? And, and you're just like, hopefully this works out. And then you end up, like it's successful and you got to go back and rebrand and rechange the name. Yeah. And I mean, I, Oh God, I think I went through five names. I think it was crazy. And some of the names you you just crack up at, I mean, yeah. they were so funny and including yeah. our, I'll give you our first one. Our first name that we came up with, this was 2001. Okay. And I mean, internet was a whole different thing and e-commerce was then we were called get high tech. That was our name. Okay. <laughs> get high tech. My wife actually thought of it. It was a great name at the time. Right because we just needed something. We're like, oh, I don't know yeah. how long this is going to last. 19 yeah. years later, we're direct fix after like three other names or two other names. They were just crazy. But I mean, we've all been there and done that. So, well, what yeah. what brought you around to finally starting like doing uh, the boost rooster and stuff? What point was that that you were just like, I want to keep doing the selling, but I also want to help sellers and I want to yeah. you know come up with this chat bot?
2: Yeah. So I, I started coaching people like 2018, I think. And I, it really just started for me posting and uh, Facebook groups, and then people asking me, Oh, how do you do that? Because I, I think I had, I had experimented with different landing page based launching methods. And then um, I was already kind of into the whole emerging marketing software, like mini chat and chatbot stuff. And I had been experimenting with how to launch uh, products with chatbots, and really nobody was like talking about it back then. So I had a lot of interest from people in these groups like, can you show me how to do that? Mm-hmm. So I was like, All right, I guess I'll start teaching people how to do this since there's a lot of demand. Like, nobody's doing it. Um, And then that whole like chatbot launch process has evolved over the years and it's become more complicated to like administer all this stuff. And it became clear, like there was a need for um, either somebody to do it for people that weren't tech savvy or software to kind of take that, uh, that manual labor process out of it. So like, there's still a lot of people to this day, like doing like, done-for-you installations where you have to pay them like $500 and they'll yeah. they'll take like a couple days and they'll go through. And it's like really not necessary, though, when software can automate that entire process. Um, so it'd be, like, it'd be like for feedback whiz, like paying somebody to go in and manually message all your customers when you could just have software automatically do it. It doesn't really make sense, right? So I created the software just because I needed it at first and then like a lot of people wanted a more affordable, like quick way to get these these launches out there. So that's why we made it.
1: That's awesome. That's, that's good stuff. And let me tell you, Ryan's in that, that group of people that I consider, like anytime he puts information out, it, go read it, go watch the video. It, it is good information. He's always out there helping people. And, and there's, there's a lot of people out there giving out a lot of information. And, you know, you kind of have to weed through it all. And I have to say Ryan's information along with, you know, several others that I consider really close It's good info. It is good info and you will learn from it and you definitely need to connect with them. Ryan, why don't you tell everybody, uh, the Boost Rooster, I think it's boostrooster.com. And and what's the brand one again?
2: Boostrooster.com or brandboostblueprint.com.
1: Okay. And what about the Facebook page uh, that you have?
2: Uh, The URL for that, I haven't changed that in a couple of years, but it's Facebook dot com slash groups slash amazing funnels, I think is what I named it back in 2018. So, but that it's um, right. Amazon FBA marketing secrets is the group. So
1: there you go. There you go. Yeah. And then of course, check out his YouTube channel, Ryan Rigney's YouTube channel. It's awesome. he has got great Thank content you. on there. I'm always checking it out. And when doing stuff pops up, Doing fact, weekly he did videos. now. Yeah. 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 He does great videos. In fact, every once in a while, if I see a little issue with his video or something in his title <laughs> or text, I always message him. Of course, the funny thing is when I message Ryan, if I try to do it through Facebook, I end up in his bot. So I have to actually email him directly. <laughs> so yeah. Well, yeah, Ryan, thanks. Hey, great having you on the EcomWiz podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, once again, Ryan Rigney, go check him out, check out all Thank his you. sites and take a look at his software. You won't be disappointed. I really appreciate thanks. it. Ryan.
2: Thank you so much, Rob. Good to see you.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Ecom Wiz podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, FeedbackWiz.com. Be sure to use coupon code POD50 for 50% off your first paid month with Feedback Wiz. Again, the code is POD50. Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Join us next week for more great tips to help Amazon sellers dominate the marketplace.